Alright, good evening everyone. Welcome to the end with the end. This is our New Year's Eve special, which I thought I'd do for our listeners and whom I want to thank uh, who have listened to us throughout the months, years that we've been on the air. Uh, this doesn't mean we're going anywhere soon, at least we hope, but uh, I did want to take an opportunity to wish you a wonderful happy new year and i've always had mixed feelings about this holiday because it is it really a holiday is it really i mean something that we should take time out and indulge in the things you know that people normally do on New Year's Eve and I found myself this week reflecting on things you know to me what New Year's means is that you begin to think about those whom you are close to your friends and your family and there will come a time when you will wish for old Lang Syne because you you'll be departed or they will be departed and I lost my dad when I was 12 and uh, you know circumstances weren't pleasant Uh, I knew he had passed away my mother I could hear her in the other room trying to wake him up and uh, in my mind you know I knew it was the end and I went to wake him up then of course, you know, uh, there was no response. He, he, he was deceased, and that was uh, thirty-eight years ago, as of Sunday. So, this New Year's Eve, think about that. That there will come a New Year's Eve when you're less. Someone in your family, you're less someone whom you are close to. And for that reason, it should be a holiday. And it should be one that you can spend with, yes, friends and family. Because just like I said, there will come a point when those friends and family are no longer here to to greet you, to kiss you, to hold you. And I can tell you this, you know, as a kid, you don't think about it. But uh, as an adult, 
never let a day go by where you don't tell your mate, your children, someone you're close to, how much you care about them. And that they mean something to you. And, yeah, it's it's a, uh, it's difficult to do. I mean, I, I sometimes I find myself, we get caught up in our self-centered ways, you know. But anyway, I wanted to take a moment to reflect a little bit on 2014. You know, most of us know 2014, at least in my opinion, was a lousy year. I mean, you know, if you look at everything that went on politically, economically, you know, I, I can't think of anything positive that I can talk about, you know, in terms of government grabs that are continuing to go on and Obamacare. You know, the only thing that really hasn't changed is Jesus Christ. I mean, well, people would like to see him change. They would like to see him no longer exist in a secular society. And as a patriot, and more so as a Christian, uh, I refuse to allow that to happen. I will always proclaim Jesus Christ. I believe me, I am not worthy of my Father's love for me. I am not worthy of his son's love for me but you know none of us really are we're human beings we're certainly you know subject to failure not just once but time and time and time and time and time and time and time again you know uh, I think sometimes God in heaven sits down and watches us uh, like a parent watches, uh, you know, a toddler who's taking his first steps and those uncoordinated, you know, strides that they make and they fall and they, you know, they get back up and then they fall again and then they get back up they fall again yeah it's just continuously and i wonder if that's how the father looks at us it's up you know we grow past the point of being toddlers to the point where we're full-grown adults and yet we still can't walk we continuously fall and falter but yet, he's someone we can always turn to. You know, most people, they uh, say there is no God. I, I have asked God to, you know, at some time or another, I've asked God to appear to me. 
Areska to show me a sign. God doesn't work that way. And you will not realize it till it's your time to be one of the departed once you leave this world. Believe me, God doesn't work that way. He gives you subtle hints. And it's usually a hint that uh, sticks with you. You know, you, you may not realize it at the time, but when you go back and reflect upon it, it's like, geez, you know, I could have had a V8. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, you get the drift. It's something that, you know, it's, you say, it's a voila moment or an aha moment. I understand now. Yeah, I can say that 2014, I'm glad to see it go. It's uh, not been a good year for me and my family, and we've had a lot of trials, and we've had to bury our, you know, bear our cross on our journey just as Jesus did. And, you know, we'll become the better for it, as anyone else will. But, you know, I am on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook easily enough. But I, I, I read some of the other people's stories who are on Facebook who have children, who have cancer, who has a spouse who has cancer, and, you know, the only thing they have to look forward to is that 2015 is the year that their loved one will defeat it. And that's how we have to look at it going forward. Is that whatever comes our way, we have to be able to make a sacrament or a sacrifice that we will defend it. But it's up to each individual as to what is worth defending. Is it your liberty? Is it your rights? Is it your family? Is it all the above? For me, it's all the above. It's defending those unalienable rights given to us by our Father in heaven, as the founders had written. And that's exactly what I plan on going into 2015 and I plan to go in 2016 and I plan on going into 2017. Now, I may not make it. You know, none of us may not make it. But, you know what? 
at least you know in the end you were a free man able of making your own decisions without depending or relying on big brother or government who's going to come forward and insist that they know what's best for you. And if you look at the state of affairs, you know, in today's world, that's certainly not the case. I mean, you know, uh, to me, we've had, oh, God, so many incidents of race bathing, Ferguson, the New York police officers, then that incident last night in the outskirts of Philadelphia where, of course, an officer basically had to shoot at a perpetrator who was driving at him at a high rate of speed and would not stop. So, you know, I'm sure they'll say, well, he shouldn't have shot to kill him. He should have shot to maim him where he would just run off the road and hit a telephone pole. You know, that's the reasoning of some of these people. And some of the groups involved, I can't even categorize them as being people. We've got some groups involved in these protests that, put it this way, uh, Francis Fox Piven is probably living it up to the hilt because her dream of what was to happen in the 60s is now happening in 2014 and I'm afraid going into 2015 and uh, one of the news articles that said that they were expecting protesters to try to break up uh, the New Year's festivities in Times Square. And, yeah, hey, the Blagio, you know, you remind, <laughs> I swear, you, you don't look alike, but you remind me of that guy from Chicago. What was his name? I can't remember his name. Uh, anyway, he reminds me with his attitude, that guy from Chicago, just arrogant, cocky, and, you know, basically liberal, communist, socialist. And it's, uh, what's, what's really funny is that he knows now that, uh, his, his mayorship, in New York City is is illegitimate. I mean, you know, he uh, put it this way: you've got the first responders, you got the police, you've got the firemen, you've got the paramedics and EMTs, uh, you've got New York, of course, the Port Authority, and you know the the list goes on and on and on and. These guys, uh, they tend to stick together 
I can tell you that because uh, my grandfather was a fireman and they have a healthy respect for each other and they support each other. And, you know, you, you basically screw one over one of them over. You might as well do it to all the rest of them. And de Blasio has pretty much, you know, creamed his mayoral ship as uh, New York City's mayor. I wouldn't be surprised at some point he'll have to step down because, I mean, he has no power. You know, the, the no one will listen to. He's already met, yesterday he met with those police unions, you know, the NYPD, and I guess try to smooth things over. But uh, it don't work like that. You You don't. You don't sit there and basically incite hatred or vigilante justice, particularly to those that you govern. And that is exactly what he did. All right, uh, here we are again. Had a phone call, so that was the missus. It's uh, New Year's Eve, and... What to do, what to do. Yeah, we're we're not ones to really get out and, you know, soak up the, the alcohol and then, you know, the festivities at midnight. I like to sit around the house and watch it, you know. Say, so watch it, what they do in Australia, and then they flash over to France, you know. Then they fly, flash over to Germany, maybe, and different areas of the world. That's always pretty cool, at least to me, to watch. So, yeah, it's uh, one thing about uh, New Year's where, yeah, New Year's really is a time of reflection. It's a time when, you know, regardless of what kind of year you've had, it's kind of like, you know, a rebirth in a sense that you can leave one year behind and step forward into another. And then hopefully things can change. And they can change. I mean, of course, it may require that you or I have to change in order to accept it. And believe me, that's, for me, that's, that's, that's a miracle. If I changed for anything, it would be a miracle. But, uh, you know, there's some things that uh you know i love to talk about but uh i didn't want to take up so much time that we go into a two-hour show but uh you know i did want to wish everyone a very happy new year and just remember what i said and uh, it's a good tradition at midnight kiss your mate <laughs> 
kiss your spouse, kiss your significant other. You know, let them know that they're special and that you're more than happy to celebrate the new year that's coming in with them. You know, there's a lot in this world to be depressed about. Believe me, there's so much. And, you know, I'll be honest, I go through periods of depression, you know, thinking about things that are beyond my control. And I think everybody does, at least to a degree. It hits them. And, of course, the world being as crazy as it is. And uh, my love for geopolitics and international economics and my wonderful friends on Facebook, which I love each and every one of them. But, yeah, it's uh, one of those things. When you become... I won't say a visionary, but when you come one who is learned in these things and you have friends that are learned in these things, it's, uh, put it this way, you're not the life of the party, usually. You know, people don't want to hear it, so we're not good at parties, and that's why tonight it's just my wife and I. That's it. Uh, oh, yeah. I left out Savannah, my dog. She'll be with us. She'll be, you know, as we eat snacks, she'll probably be eating snacks we drop. But, uh, you know, which, hey, to me, that's that's as good as New Year's as anything. And, you know, a lot of folks really get into it. They go out and buy three, $400 worth of fireworks and, you know, they'll just have a field day with it. Hey, that's great. Whatever floats your boat, you know, I don't care. I'm very easy in that regard. But, uh, yeah, I will change the subject a bit. I heard something interesting. My my wife has been listening to some music uh, where, and of course, it's, it's gospel music or praise music, as they call it. Uh, but he was talking about frequencies, you know, about resonant frequencies and, and how it affects the body. And, you know, it, it's very true. You know, a lot of people hear that and they think it's a bunch of new age hoopla and I want to tell you that there's nothing new age about everything that's new age is the secret or the mystery schools of Egypt knew it thousands of years ago. There's nothing new age about it. 
And I, I, I find it ironic when people start talking new age this, new age that. And it's, no, it's not new age. Uh, you can go back in history to at least some period of time. And they looked at, they had the same mindset or they did things in the same manner that these neo-pagans are doing today. But anyway, what this guy was on was frequencies in how he, he, what he would do, he would retune his guitar in the key of A, uh, which is 432 uh, hertz. And 432 hertz, as you slide up and down the progression of the scales, is the Fibonacci series. It is, you know, sacred geometry, sacred mathematics. And if you don't know the Fibonacci series or the golden mean, I believe it's referred to, uh, what's also called phi, P-H-I in the Greek, uh it's one it's basically it's the secret of life it's the secret of uh either material or immaterial it's the secret of organic and inorganic and it's one of those things that it's basically god's signature of your creation. And it's pretty wild. Is that everyone has. You know. A certain signature that. Says. That is specifically. You. You know. You'll find out. Most men. And women. You know. The phi. Or the golden mean. Is. Uh you know, perfect proportion. And that is what attracts us to, you know, these gorgeous supermodels or women to these gorgeous hunk of males, as they may refer to them as. And that's very interesting, but it not only applies to life, it applies also to music. You can take the mathematics, turn it around, and it and make it into music. And but it's no secret. That's just it. It's it just kills me. They talk about this is new age stuff. Blah blah blah. You know when you talk about frequencies. Blah. Being an initiate in the mystery schools, you know. You learn these things such as this, and and you understand the reason the cathedrals were built in the manner that they were built with the flying buttresses and you know the, the extremely high vaulted ceilings, and you know everything was in in proportion to everything else. It's well these these stonemasons they had no they didn't know mathematics okay 
They they weren't educated engineers, uh, but they were masters in terms of knowing proportion. And this is exactly how they did their constructions. Uh, same way with all historic, you know, societies, including the Egyptians, the Greeks, is that they, you know, they knew proportions, the secret of proportions. And it's very interesting because uh, Pythagoras, Pythagoras, you know, the god of geometry, you know, as most people regard him as. Uh, you know, I took geometry in high school, and it, yeah, it wasn't a good thing. You know, I did not do well at all. But uh, had I known that geometry is that, that it is, it is, you know taking shapes and forms and then being able to fit them into various rules and apply it to mathematics, I probably would have found it more interesting. But, of course, you know, our schools don't give you that information. They don't tell you that information, you know, because that information is privy, I suppose, to a select few. But uh, it's, it's well, if you study Pythagoras, you'll find out. Pythagoras had basically a cult-like following, which they called themselves the Pythagoreans. Uh, and they did some really weird things. Pythagoras was, you know, mathematics was the key to unlocking everything in his opinion mathematics was you know you could apply it to everything in life you could apply it to music you could apply it to uh of course astronomy you could apply it to you know anything you know natural and you can i mean you can apply mathematics to it but the only thing you can apply mathematics to is what is in the physical world. What we know as physical. When you start going out into space, the variables change. So the rules of physics no longer apply for the most part, in space. Because remember, space is a vacuum. It's nothingness. And so it's... I don't know about you guys, but I think about these things, having been an initiate in the mystery schools and and studied some of these you know, so-called secrets and digging into it and finding out more than probably I should. It's uh, extremely fascinating, so I, and I love architecture. Architecture, uh, to me, Washington, D.C. is probably one of the most beautiful cities there are in the country. However, it contains the most garbage in the country. 
and I don't mean that in a physical sense. I mean that in the occupiers of Washington, D.C., those who call themselves uh, elected officials, you know, and, you know, I would I would probably bet that most of these elected officials, when they leave Washington, D.C., they take off their buttons on their lapels and anything else that identifies them will be associated with D.C., they take them off. But D.C. is probably one of the most beautiful cities I have seen in, in regard to architecture. And uh, our... Our founders, they knew this about architecture, and they knew this about, uh, you know, the, the the great mysteries. They were uh, not, not dumb in those ideas, and those ideas probably would have got carried forth into generations to follow had it not been for other subversive people uh like you know i watched killing lincoln last night on fox and i don't know if it's been on before but it was great it was wonderful i loved it that's of course that's based on o'reilly's book killing lincoln and i could not identify any of the people who played in the docudrama but it was narrated and hosted by tom hanks which i found somewhat surprising but it it was really really good, and you know if you get a chance, if it comes back on, watch it. But anyway, enough of that. Um, I want to wish you again, you know, a very happy new year. I can tell you this: on the end with end, we're going to try to do some things differently. We're going to try some experiments. We're going to tr- bring on guests. We're, we're not going to, you know, carry stories unless it's just big news events that you can't avoid. And uh, we're going to try to find guests who uh, basically are like you and I. And, you know, I would love to find more citizen journalists. Really would. I'd love to find those who have committed their time over the years to doing the same thing that uh, we have been doing. So, but anyway, 2015, we hope to do things differently. We hope to maybe bring more broadcasts to you. Uh, We do a show once a week. And we do that because Brent's schedule is pretty tight. And Thursday is his day off. And, you know, I'm not going to push him in that regard because I totally understand. And right now I'm unemployed and looking for work. So we'll keep doing the show as long as we can do it. So uh, you guys have a wonderful new year. We love you, God loves you, and God bless America. He loves us too. Oh, let's not forget Israel. Sorry, you got to include Israel because, uh, you know, 
I'm not one of those people who say, uh, you know, yay for the Palestinians, uh, kill Israel. I'm not one of those. But God bless us all. And we'll see you in 2015. Happy New Year.